0: Hey, this is Pastor John Ryan Cantu from Numa Church in Houston, Texas. Thank you for listening to the message today. I hope that it blesses you and all those that you share it with. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Glory to God this morning, church. God bless you. Amen. Can't hear you with your mask on. Amen. It's it's good to uh, it's good to see a little bit more of you here this this week. Um, Praise God! Little by little, little by little, we will fill this this house again. Man, can I can I just tell you? I've I've literally been having dreams at night with this place full, and we're just worshiping together. And I wake up, and I'm telling God, man, God, I can't wait! I can't wait! And and it seems like little by little, we're we're getting there. Um, you know, we we remain we remain open. Uh, if 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 you are ready to come, and I hope that you are, I hope that. I hope that there's something inside of you. There should be something inside of every believer, every, every Christian that just longs to be in the house of God. Amen. We are, we are, and my, my, my dad preached a, a, an incredible message here the, this morning on our Spanish service. We are the, the, the body of Christ, meaning that we can be the body of Christ with or without the building, but this is home base. This is, this is where we have home court advantage. This is where we can wage war. And, and we know that there's a soldier standing right next to us. That is the importance of gathering in the church. And so if you are ready, I invite you next week. We, we maintain social distancing. Everyone is, is required to wear masks. And uh, man, God is going is to continue to do big things. Um, this, this week, I asked someone very special, someone very special to this ministry to bring a word. Uh, at, at the end of 2019, one of the goals that, that I had was to build up an internal preaching team. And it, it started to, uh, um, you know, it, it kind of got delayed. <laughs> we got delayed several weeks and, uh, you know, a few months. We have a, we have a good roster of, of uh, internal preachers. And if, if you are saying, Pastor... Put me in, Coach. I, I, I want to develop. I, I want to I learn. I want to be discipled in, in the art and uh, in the ministry of preaching. Let me know. Uh, we, we, want, we want preachers at Numa Church. And so, Pastor Damaris, uh, it's my honor to introduce her this morning. And I know that she's going to do an awesome, awesome job.
1: God bless you guys. I'm excited to be here. It's been a month since um, we, were, we were here. A lot of you guys know that we were hit by COVID, my son, my husband, and myself. And um, it was torture watching from home, let me tell you, because there's something special about being in the house of the Lord. Um, there's not the same than being at home. Even though we enjoyed it, uh, I couldn't wait. So as soon as I was counting down the days, I really, really was. Thank you so much for everyone that called us. Um, thank you for those of you who dropped food. Thank- it was my birthday. I spent my birthday with COVID, so it was not nice. <laughs> but um, thank for, for those of you guys who dropped by and dropped the present and just left it on my door. Y'all made me feel so special. Thank you so much. I love you guys and I'm so blessed to belong to a family that is always there for each other when we're going through, through hard times. Are y'all ready? Okay, I'm gonna ask you to open your Bibles to Exodus 3. This is a word that I've had for about two and a half, three months. So it's been in the oven all this time. Exodus 3, and I'm old school, so if you can say amen when you have it. There you go. Okay, so I'm gonna go ahead and read, and I'm gonna go through different verses, so I'll let you know when I'm I'm jumping to another one. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses, and Moses said, Here I am. Verse 7. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt, and I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. Verse 10. So now go... The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they asked me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent you. And if you can turn your page to chapter 4, I'm going to read the first two verses. Moses answered, what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear to you? Then the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? A staff. He replied. Let's pray. Thank you, Father God, for giving me the opportunity, Father, to to stand before your people and bring the word. Father, I ask that you speak through me this morning. Father, let it be you and not me, Father. I know that you have a word for someone in this place. And I ask for you, Holy Spirit to take over and let it fall on fertile ground. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so a couple of weeks ago, Karen brought an amazing word, and we were watching from home, uh, and when she said her scripture, open your Bible to Exodus 3, my jaw dropped, and I turned to my husband and my son, and I said, that's my scripture, <laughs> and I got a little bit nervous, and I even texted Pastor Ryan, pastor, that's my scripture. So I asked, I asked God, there's no way you gave two people that same word. As she began to preach, I realized that she, uh, her preaching was the, the first part of the word that the Lord have given me. So this is part two of Sister Karen preaching. So how the Lord works never ceases to amaze me. So let me give you a little background on what's going on here. Uh, Moses was in Midian. He already had his family. Um, he had, had to flee from Egypt uh, because they wanted to kill him for killing um, an Egyptian. So he was tending the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, right? He was tending to the sheep. And he had spent 40 years already in the wilderness when God called him. We see on verse 4 that we read on chapter 3 that's when he gets his calling on verse four it says god called him from within the bush moses moses so moses going on was going on about his business right he was sending the flock when god interrupted his ordinary day to turn it into his extraordinary plan some of you let me tell you are going to get your day interrupted this morning i hope you're ready on verse 10, we see when he gets the assignment. It says, so now go, the Lord tells him. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Can you imagine how Moses felt at that, at that time when God was giving him the huge assignment? Not only was God asking him to... Uh, get his people out of Egypt, but he was asking him to go back to the place he had to flee from 40 years ago and go speak to the person that wanted to kill him in the first place. Like every human, doubt sneaks in when the Lord is giving Moses his assignment. And some of the excuses that Moses gives is, what if they don't believe me? I am slow of speech and tongue. And after back and forth, if you read it, um, and you should go back and read it. It's, it's really awesome. I was reading it, and I, I was saying, man, God, you were so patient with Moses. Because Moses kept saying, but God, but wait, but no. And don't we do that sometimes when God gives us an assignment? And finally, he tells them, send someone else. After the Lord spoke to him and gave him his assignment, he, Moses said, send someone else, which is why Aaron came into the picture. We all have been given an assignment, and each of you have a calling over your life. Like Moses, though, isn't it true that sometimes we feel unworthy or are qualified? We've all been through a season, sometimes when God will guide you to do something, or speak to someone, or give a word, or, or step out in faith— And then we come up with the excuses like Moses. And we say, God, but wait, what is it really me? Like, are you really sending me? Are you really telling me? Is this job really for me? And we let doubt take over. And we begin to give God those excuses. Instead of putting everything into action, the excuses of our not having faith enough to spend into action are greater. And our doubt becomes greater. On, number, um, on verse 14, we see that the Lord gives him the reassurance. Moses says, okay, suppose I go, right? After that back and forth conversation, and they ask me, who sent you? What will I say? And the response, isn't it just amazing how God can just give you an answer in just like two, two words? I am who I am. That's it. I am has sent me to you. That was uh, what Moses was supposed to say. Moses was the man for the job. He had been in the wilderness 40 years. 40 years is a long time. Unless you're 42, like me, then it's not a long time. But 40 years is a long time. Some of you, though, have been in your wilderness for too long. And the time is now to embrace your assignment that is what i've come to tell you that this is the time for you to step out in faith and embrace your assignment and use what is already in your hands god is getting ready to get you out of your wilderness and into your calling but are you ready that is the question Don't let your excuses be greater than your desire to step out of your comfort zone and say, here I am. Today, guys, we are getting ready to activate and release something. And I hope you guys are ready this morning. We see on chapter 4, the tool. This is my little staff. The Lord asked Moses. What is in your hand? A staff," he replied. Today, I want to focus on the staff that was in Moses' hand—something he already had with him. He had this with him the whole time as he was tending the sheep. As I'm sure a couple of sheep maybe went on the wrong direction. Wrong direction. I'm sure he used a little thing to pull them back to where they belong. He had this in his hand the whole time. It was an ordinary thing, like a staff, that was about to turn into something extraordinary and supernatural But letting God use it to display his power. When Moses accepts the assignment and he goes before Pharaoh with Aaron, I want to mention some of the ways that the staff was used. During the first encounter, right, uh, at the burning bush that Moses had with the Lord, when he asked him what was in his hand, the Lord asked him to drop it on the floor. And when he did, it turned into a snake. Side note, I wanted to get fake snakes and throw them to the ground. And I knew Pastor Danny was going to be sitting at the front. So I decided not to. But I, I was so tempted, and you're the only reason why I didn't. <laughs> so when he turned it, uh, when he threw it to the floor and turned into a snake, and then the Lord asked him to pick it up by the tail, and when he did, it turned back into a staff. When Moses and Aaron went before Pharaoh, and Aaron threw the staff before Pharaoh, and it turned into a snake. Aaron's um, pharaohs, magicians, by their sorcery, were able to do the same thing. They threw their staff on the floor, and they also turned into snakes. The big difference, though, Aaron's staff swallowed up the snakes of the magicians. The Nile River was turned into blood when he touched the water. He stretched out his hand over the waters of Egypt and frogs came up and covered the land. We know the dust turning to gnats. He stretched out his hand into the sky and hail came. He stretched out his hand and the wind brought the locust. Moses used the staff to part the Red Sea and they walked on dry land. It wasn't even, you know, how you go to the beach and it's a little wet where the water. No, they walked on dry land because of the power of God that was behind the staff when Moses used it. The staff in those days represented identity, power, and authority. The staff in Moses' hand represented God's power, God's spirit. And the authority of God that was with him and working through him. Now, we all know that the Israelites were big complainers, right? The Israelites loved to complain. In one of those occasions that they were complaining to him about being thirsty to Moses, God instructed Moses to hit the rock with the staff. When he did so... Water came from the rock for them to drink. Now, right after this event, when they received water from the rocks, the Amalekites attacked. Moses asked Aaron to choose men to go fight. He told them that he would station himself at the top of the hill with the staff of God in his hands. Can you come up, babe, please? Can you, Can you hold it? Ah, okay. I want you to hold the staff with both hands and hold it up high. Yes, the whole time. <laughs> okay. Moses and Aaron, uh, Moses, Aaron, and Ur went to the top of the hill, and as long as Moses' hands were held up, the Israelites prevailed. But if his hands got tired, your hands can go down a little bit, the Amalekites prevailed. The word says that Moses' hands were heavy, and they had him sit on the stone. You want to sit? That's our stone. And Aaron and Ur held his hands, one on each side. And because of social distance, I'm not going to ask two of you to come. But imagine Aaron being here and Ur being here. Don't put your hands down. Okay. What am I trying to say here, guys? Whoever's in your circle matters. It matters who's around you. Because they were fighting, right? So let's just... Am I moving? to? I'm sorry. So let's just picture... uh, you know, uh, Aaron and Ur and everyone's fighting and Moses is getting a little tired. And can you imagine um, Aaron and Ur over here like, look at Moses over there getting tired. What's this problem? Why is he getting, men? they're winning. Man, we're going to lose this. Come on, Moses, stop slacking. Put your hands. You know, but instead of that, they probably gave the sword to someone else and said, here, take over. All right don't worry, don't worry, Moses, we're going to win this battle. And this was Aaron, and this was Ur. And they were able to hold his hands up, and they won the battle. So why? You can go, baby. Thank you. Make sure, guys, that when you step out into the God-given calling that is over your life, Around you, you have errands and you have earths. <laughs> because you're going to feel like giving up. Absolutely. Are you going to get tired? Absolutely. Are you going to want to throw in the towel at times? Absolutely. But we need the errands and we need the earth to be there to say, no, ma'am, no, sir. You better get it together. We are fighting. You have a calling. God has placed something in your hands. And they're going to be there to pray with you, to pray for you, and to fight alongside you. As you walk in your God-given assignment, whoever is in your circle matters. (laughs) Even in the battle, that staff or that calling that God has already placed in your hands will sustain you. A few years uh, back, I went through a very dark season in my life. I know, guys, that when God created me, He had music playing in the background because I'm a worshiper. That's who I am. And worship got me through it. Through the darkest season and valley, I worshipped. I worshipped. I never stopped worshipping. During this two, three weeks that we were dealing with this um, sickness, I worshipped. I would put the music uh, Sunday when service was over. I would continue playing music. I was not ready to stop worshiping. There is something special about you continuing to move in your calling and what God has given you even in your battles because that is going to get you through it. Don't let the enemy take that away from you. Don't let him take your joy. Don't let him steal what God has given you because that same calling will sustain you. I remember Alexa sharing something similar one Sunday that she sang Waymaker. And I remember her words and she said, this song means so much to me because it got me through one of the darkest seasons because I held on to the promise of this word. She's a worshiper. So what is your calling? You may be called to preach, preach. Don't stop preaching just because you're going through something. You may be called to be a prayer warrior. Don't stop being a prayer warrior because you may be going through something. Your calling will sustain you. Walking in obedience to your calling won't always be easy, but it will always be worth it. Because God will guide you through it. God was with Moses through the whole process. We can read over and over and over again as I was uh, studying. And the Lord spoke to Moses. And the Lord spoke to Moses. Moses was connected to the source. His ears were tuned to the voice of the I am. To his direction. And we need to do the same. We cannot take for granted our calling or ever, ever feel like we have it all together. Why? Later in Numbers, Moses finds himself in a similar situation as before. Again, the Israelites complaining because they were thirsty. God again gave Moses specific instructions. He told them, Gather the people and speak to the rock. I can imagine the frustration that Moses was feeling, right? With the Israelites it was like, why did you get us out of Egypt? You know, our animals had water to drink, had food to eat, and right. So I can imagine how frustrated he must have felt at this point. But Moses goes, he assembled the people as the Lord had instructed him. One major thing changed, though. He stretched out his hand, and he struck the rock instead of speaking to it like God had instructed him to do so. He stretched out his hand like he had done many, many, many times before, and he struck the rock. Same scenario, different attitude. This time, it was out of repetition, not obedience. This time, God's power was not behind it. The same staff that had displayed God's power over and over and over again because of his lack of obedience cost Moses the entrance into the promised land. It is vital that our ears be tuned to the voice of the, of the I am to the Lord. And that we walk in obedience and out of repetition. Ryan, can you come up? I still get nervous when I lead, when I teach, or when I do anything that is related to the presence of God. It is an honor and a great responsibility to usher the congregation into the presence of God, and you may not see it, but I promise you, every Sunday, when it's 8:50, my stomach starts nodding, because at nine o'clock, I know the responsibility that I have to stand here and usher you guys into the presence of the Lord. I never, never want to lose respect out of the presence of God. It is a privilege that you have a calling. It is a privilege that the Lord has chosen you and that you have something that's already in your hands. Today, I want to encourage you to release what God has already given you, what you already have in your hands. It is time for you to activate and release what the I am has given you And has entrusted you with. Did you hear me? It is time for you to activate and release what the I am has given you. We all have something in our hands. And as we release what's in our hands to God, he releases what is in his for us. He's ready, guys. And he's willing to anoint what is already inside of you what is already in your hands. Don't let your excuses stop you from activating what he has already entrusted you with. Moses had all these excuses, but he was the chosen one for the job. It is time to step out of our comfort zone and release that gift under the power and the authority of God. We are in a season where now more than ever, the world needs to see the light that is inside of us. And we need to let God use us to display that light and to operate under his power and his direction. It is already in your hands. You just need to release it to God. Surround yourself by people who will fight with you and push you when you feel like giving up. Samson had a donkey jawbone. David had his sling and stones. The boy had five loaves of bread and two fish. The woman had an alabaster jar. What do you have? I'm going to ask you to stand. And I know there was probably a short message I want us to go before the presence of God and meet us where we are. Step out of your comfort zone. We cannot come into the altar, so create your own altar right there where you are. It's time to step out. It's time to step out and begin to operate in the calling that the Lord has over your life. Father, we come before you right now, my God. Father, asking you to release, Father, what is in our hands. Father, we surrender what you have given us. We give it back to you, God, so it can be used to display your power and to display your glory, my God. Father, activate that calling that you have already placed over our lives, activate father start something in our hearts right now begin to stir our spirit my god so that we may be able to walk in faith and step out of our comfort zone father and begin to walk in obedience begin to walk in obedience to the calling that you have placed over us as the lord to meet you right there where you are right now you are the one for the job You are the one for the job. All you have to say is, Here I am. I release it to you. I release it to your control. Here I am. Let's worship. listening. If you'd like some more information on Numa Church, visit us on our website at mynumachurch.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with your friends on social media and tag us at mynumachurch. Thanks again and God bless.